Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I want to say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Today, I'd like to welcome my dear friend, Todd Giannatasio. He is a veteran marketing expert who's been featured by Entrepreneur, Forbes, and Huffington Post. He's a certified in sales and marketing from digitalmarketer.com, HubSpot, and Jordan Belford Straight Lines Sales and Persuasion Systems. He's been a featured speaker at Propelify Innovation Festivals, and he has presented to a combined audience of 24,000 attendees. Todd is a working digital communications and marketing since 2003. And over time, he has worked with some of the biggest companies in the world, from Universal Records to BASF. And he is not too busy to work with our growing startups and small businesses as well. Welcome, Todd. Can't wait to have this conversation with you, my friend. I, I'm so excited to be here because I should have wrote down what day it was that we spoke, but when you said, I'm thinking about doing a podcast and then we put you on the spot, we said, all right, when's it coming out? And you gave a date and right on the spot, I said, I'm not going to say it because my phone will go off, but I said, hey, S-I-R-I, remind me on this date <laughs> to check in with Pratiti. And you know, now I'm, I'm seeing all the action happening and I'm so excited and grateful to get to be a part of this show coming to life. So thank yeah. you so much for having me. No. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I, I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you. And actually it's so funny because the last event that we went on together, I said it and you were like, oh my gosh, a whole day ahead. And I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually, I mean, the whole goal was to, uh, launch it on my son's anniversary. This was, yep. this was his, his 12th anniversary, um, was April 17th. And, um, you know, I, the whole podcast is geared towards this age group, this demographics of our young humans out there, you know, 17 to 30 ish. And the most amazing part of this all happening right now is that he was 17 at the time and he will, uh, be turning 30 at the end of this year. So it's yeah. just, just like, it blows my mind. Um, yeah. and I, I, I've been able to uh, get on a conversation with amazing people like yourself. So yeah, you guys are in for a real treat today. So tell us, tell us all the things you're doing because you're doing so <laughs> many amazing things out there in the world. And then I want to know how you got there. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's all about taking action, right? Like we were just, before we hit record, we were talking about like the law of attraction and stuff. And one of the things, a, a quote I heard recently that I loved was, you know, you can't just sit around and think, right? It's not just about the thoughts. The thoughts need to drive actions. And it's that the the law of attraction, the way the universe works is that if you go out and knock on 10 doors, the universe will knock on a hundred doors for you. And like that, like really resonated. I was like, that's what it is. Cause it's not just like sit down and think happy thoughts. And like you said, I'm a money, you can't sit on the couch all day. I'm a money magnet. I'm a money magnet. I'm a money magnet. And then, you know, checks come in the mail. You gotta, you have to use, you know, create, you know, motion creates emotion and, you know, all that kind of stuff gets the vibrations out. And, um, and so, you know, I'm trying to take action and make impact in every way that I can. Um, so, you know, 
one of the things we got going on is the On Air Brands podcast, which is every Wednesday. You guys um, can check that out. It's awesome. Uh, onairbrands.com slash show. Um, I'm sure we'll have Pratiti on there at some point, um, without a doubt. She's great. A great conversation every time we get together. So we got to get that out on our platforms too. Um, and I totally I want to be your sidekick. I totally want to be your sidekick <laughs> for sure. Even if it was for a quick minute. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. we'll, we'll definitely make something happen. Um, and, you know, my day job is I run a digital marketing agency called Tresnik Media, uh, really where we help entrepreneurs launch and grow their online platforms so that they can increase their impact and income. That's amazing. So, you know, uh, talking about on-air brands, and I did get to, I, 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 I love catching those um, lives anytime I can. And I happened to catch yours yesterday and you said something really cool and it goes to your branding. And um, one of the things that I struggled with a lot in my own business as a realtor, when I was trying to brand myself, if mm -hmm. you will, um, I struggled with marketing out there on social media because I wanted my people to connect with me as an individual. You know, I wanted yeah. to put the essence of Pratiti out there. I didn't want to just... Uh, post another pretty picture of a living room or a dining right. room or a clawfoot tub. But here's the thing, right? My audience, um, which is why a lot of the marketing in just real estate kind of I struggle with because I used to own a construction company. I had my own painting business. I love DIY stuff. I yeah. am a hands-on girl. I'm a good carpenter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wanted like my people to connect with, like if they saw something for me, they would expect me to show them how to, take a shitty piece of furniture and turn it into something amazing. Yeah. So same thing with coaching, you know, I want to help you take a shitty opportunity and turn it into something amazing. Yeah. Um, so when you're out there branding yourself, what is a way to not lose yourself in mm. the brand? You know, so how I did it was I couldn't connect with just posting you know, staging pictures, yeah. which I love, which I love. I love sure. the design, but I used a bird house. It's still a house. It's a structure, but my nickname used to be bird. And mm. um, so I was just like, everybody can, everybody can appreciate a bird house. Yeah. So I had a bird bringing the key to the house and that's how I branded myself. So people could connect that to me. Yeah. That's cool. what is it? What, what is like, is there suggestions that you have for people when they're trying to figure out their brand? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really something that is overthought all the time, right? Like the simpler and more straightforward it can be. It's right back to what we were saying. Like your thoughts and actions are going to put a vibration out and attract people, right? Like your vibe attracts your tribe. And so the more you can sit down, think about who you really are, who you truly are and who you want to, who you want to be and become and own that as your personality and just be your real self. Right. And then it, it's the same thing as like, you know, when you, when you live a lie, it takes a lot more energy to remember the lies and pretend to be a certain way all the time and keep all those things racked up in your brain. But when you just live your truth all the time and put out who you are, you're going to attract the right people back to you. So it's to me, I love marketing and branding. That's to me is, is practical, educational, value first, customer centric. Like that's who I am trying to put out helpful information into the world but also just being myself and being able to flip on the camera, do shows like this with little prep. Like, you know, we had our, you know, little pre email exchange to know. So we kind of stay on the rails as best as we can, but like 
I like to just stay in my lane, own who I am, be myself and share my expertise that I'm passionate about. And that's what I suggest people do is like, find what you're passionate about and just go all in. Then you don't need to worry about, you know, oh, well, I need to make sure I do X, Y, and Z every time. You don't have to think about being yourself, right? So it makes it a lot easier to flip on a camera, write a blog post, whatever kind of content you're putting out. Like when you just think to yourself, I want to share myself with the world as I am. And then whoever comes and wants to be in that ecosystem with me, like that's great. And then that's going to make your life better too, because then you're not attracting clients or customers that you don't want to work with, right? Like that's what happens when we try to force like, you know, we want to look a different way or try to be someone we're not like, then we attract people that don't click with who we are. And we wonder what what's wrong, right? It's like, well, because you weren't recognizing who you should be and who you are and being yourself. No, that is so true. You know what? So many times, you know, we are so busy trying to please the other person. Yeah. That in the meanwhile, when we do that, I want people to re remember one thing is like when you're, you know, we throw the word authentic around a lot, but like when you're not being your own genuine self and you're not being true to who you inherently are deep inside yeah. of you and what makes your own heart dance and sing, you're not connecting with the people that you actually want to connect with, like you said. Yeah. And here's the thing, if you're going out of your way, and I did this for so many years, trying to be a people pleaser, the person you're not pleasing is yourself. And number yeah. two, the people that you are pleasing, they don't even really yeah. like yeah. you yeah, because they don't they're even... not getting the real you. Right. So exactly. that is the total disconnect for people is like the part that you're missing is you're trying to get people to like you, but it's not even who you really are. So right. when you put yourself out as your own genuine person who you really are, then you're going to attract the people that really love you and want you for you. And yep. they're going to be your people. When I hear people going like, yeah, but you know, that client, this client doesn't want... That's not your audience then. Right. That's exactly. not your audience. That's not your client. Don't worry about it. Move on. You'll, yeah. Your people are out there. Yeah. For each yeah. and every one of you listening, your people are out there and there's millions of them. Yeah. We all have the same issues. We all go through the same struggles and we all have the same passions and, you know, it's, it's just out there. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 you know, the more it's funny because there's a, a saying it's the more personal you get, the more people actually will connect with you, you know, because we think when we want to talk, like if we're sending out an email to a subscriber list of hundreds, thousands of people, whatever, or we're posting on social media where we have, you know, all these, all, all these connections, yeah. we're thinking of it as talking to a lot of people. And I try to be generic, but then it doesn't, it doesn't click with anybody because it's too broad. But right. when you get personal and tell a true story, all of a sudden it's like it resonates with so many people because, you know, everybody's got these stories along, you know, along those same lines and they, they appreciate that and, and it makes better, stronger connections when you do that. Absolutely. Uh, something I heard you actually say, I think it was yesterday, even I think you said something about putting and I was just like, I'm using that every single time. <laughs> but you said your bat signal. Can you yes. share with us what you were talking about with your bat signal? Because I think yeah. that's right along those same lines here. Yeah, absolutely. So I call it bat signal branding. And it's, it's really the idea of like shining out the symbol to attract your people, right? It's being the lighthouse. And what's interesting about um, the bat signal is that the Gotham City Police are not shining the Gotham City Police logo in the air. They're shining the bat signal in the air so that Batman comes. And so when you want to attract a certain type of person, you have to shine their symbol to attract them, right? And then when that aligns with who you are, 
it becomes the same symbol. And then there's no, you know, like, like we just talked about. So when you put out yourself, you're going to attract right back those same type of people. And so the bat signal branding is I'm shining out this light to attract these types of people. And now let's ask the question, who is it that you want to attract and what are you putting out? Cause that's, what's going to come back to you. That's amazing. So, you know, so okay. So here's, here's a, here's a question, you know, and I've been a serial entrepreneur. We throw that word around a lot yeah. too. Um, I've owned several different businesses, but um, when we are thinking about our clients, you know, I know that there's a lot of brain drama that goes around about our niches, <laughs> you yeah. know, even, yeah. even as a, uh, a, a, a contractor, we clearly couldn't pick our niche, which is what turns <laughs> us into general contractors. Right. The home <laughs> yeah, it's guys. right in the name, right? <laughs> right? It's like general contractors. We kind of do yeah. everything. We're not masters of anything. Um, but, you know, when you, when you talk about even as a painter, I had in my own painting business, but that was very general. It wasn't like I was a faux painter. It wasn't like I specialized in something specific. When we want to specialize in something specific, I think that can be very challenging for us at times. And, um, you know, somebody like myself, I've gone through so many different things and now I'm, I'm working as a life coach and I have my own company, but to, you know, think about what was my niche. I've gone through trauma. I've gone through loss. I've gone through all of these different experiences that I, I, I absolutely could help people going through those things, but where do I want to put my focus? Can you share with us? How do you help people try to figure out their niche to help them with that branding? And what does that process look like? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the type of people that I've, Uh, are listening to you that that listen to us that are in our world are the kind of people that want to have a big impact and when you want to have a big impact you want to reach as many people as possible and so then when the idea of of niching down comes into play you're thinking like well i want to impact a lot of people i don't want to narrow things down and a brilliant thing that one of my mentors told me a few years ago was you can impact all of the different narrow targets you just have to do it one one at a time Right. Because think about like if you want to help doctors and you are talking about how they can get more clients, the doctor's going to read that or look at it and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, I, I have patients, I don't have clients. Right. And so, but if you're talking, if you wanted to help accountants and you're talking about, oh, we can help you get more patients every month, I, and accountants like, patients, what are you talking Right. So, like, it's just those types of nuances that make a difference in needing to narrow down and target. But you can do multiple, you just have to do it one at a time. And that's, that's like we talked about, like when you, when you try to talk to everybody, you talk to nobody, but when you can narrow it down. So that's kind of the importance of having it. And, and plus in where you're putting your message, right? If you want to reach a certain group of people, you need to know where they're hanging out. And so you don't want to have to waste time boiling the ocean. You're never going to affect anybody. So going into the different groups is going to be able to, you know, help you impact more people faster. And then as you grow and expand, then you can, you know, broaden out or just t- pick in, you know, put your hook in, in another pond. But the way that we look at it is uh, we go through an exercise, obviously very detailed uh, when we bring on new clients and we actually have, it's part of our training too. Cause now a new thing that I have launched is also called the growth suite, which is an educational media company it's for people who can't afford to hire agencies, you know, at a high ticket price, you know, I'm putting out um, courses and training programs and group coaching. So in, in both of these, we have a process that I call the best buyer builder. And it's the first thing we do. And what we do is we list, all right, what are all of the problems that you can help people with, right? Mm-hmm. 
and what are all the outcomes you can help them achieve? And what are the transformations that you help people have? And now that we kind of brain dump this stuff out and we look at it and we say, okay, which one? And, and a lot of it goes back to how, how you want to run your business, right? Like if you need it to be highly profitable, then we need to look at people who are going to be able to pay a high number. If you want to impact a lot of people, right? So it, it's not, as we go through this, it doesn't mean pick the people who have the most money. But in this example, that's what I'm going to use because it's a true story and it makes sense. So we had a client uh, last year that helped. Um, they they did uh, compassion and empathy training for uh, organizations who had a lot of homeless people in their locations. So libraries and um, you know different places like that where homeless people come in and and unfortunately you know most of the time there there's mental disorders or they're just very troubled and it causes issues and in those scenarios, the people, the employees usually end up in a screaming match and then have to call the cops. And that's a lose-lose for everybody. Like the cops don't want to have to deal with this, like, because it's bad, right? Like they don't want to have to put these people into a cell. Obviously these, you know, the, the homeless people don't want a record and don't want to have this as an issue. And it's a bad look for the employee and super stressful. So like, what are some easy things that they could learn if they knew how to communicate better It w- and, and, things would not escalate to a point of having these, these problems. Right. And so, okay. We, so now we run through this exercise and we say, okay, that's the problem we solve. And this is who, you know, how we help and, and everything and the outcomes we help with is de-escalating or, or stopping situations before they escalate and helping win-win, you know, on both sides. And as we go through this, the target audience at the top, at the tip of the tongue was, Oh, hospitals and healthcare locations have a lot of this issue and they have huge budgets. They can pay for this kind of thing. Okay, great. Except for now the next question we ask is where does this problem fall on the on the priority list for these people? And guess what? In 2020, increasing empathy was not a top priority for hospitals. <laughs> Isn't that something? Right. And so, <laughs> you know, they were overwhelmed and, and, you know, oversaturated with all of the coronavirus, yeah. everything going on. Right. So it's like, yeah, of course, if you ask them, they're going to say, yes, we do want to do that, but it's never going to be, if they're, you're never going to get a meeting. So we could spend all the time in the world trying to communicate and reach people who work at hospitals and other healthcare organizations, but it wouldn't matter because it's a low priority. So now going back, then we start going through, okay, what are organizations where solving this problem is a priority for Mm, them mm. and we can have a big impact on them. And then as we go through and sift and sort through the, you know, the whole exercise, we come out and we're like, well, nonprofits are another place where this is a priority. And so then that became a, uh, you know, an audience and a niche that we developed the the communication funnel for. So that's kind of the way we look at it is, you know, what problems are you solving? What outcomes do you create? What transformations do you create? Then make a list of all the people who have those problems, who want what you have, and then prioritize who want, you know, who is prioritizing this problem getting solved. And then you can go through and say, you know, okay, here's kind of a ranked list of who we should start communicating with first. Like I said, because you could, you can build out your communications and campaigns and stuff, and then go down the list, right? Like, you know, so if you're a solopreneur, you probably only have time and resources to do one. If you're a larger organization, maybe you could do two or three. And then, you know, as you get the machine up and running, then you can start growing and then reinvest and then tackle the next one. Yeah. So that way you start out with one niche. And if you want to expand, you can down the line. You know, I I think that, um, you know, branding is, you know, when you're trying to think about it and a niche, it is 
I don't want to even say similar, but it's pretty much the same thing as when you're a, a young human in the world and you're trying to figure out what do you want to go to school for? What do yeah, you want to for be sure. for the rest of your life? Which yeah. number one, I think is absolutely insane. Yeah. Let me just say this to all of my listeners right now. Do not go crazy trying to think you have to pick one thing to do for the rest for of your sure. life because you can absolutely reinvent yourself yeah. and have multiple passions and be successful each and every absolutely. time. If you're absolutely. a good human being anyway, your passions are going to evolve. Yep. By all means, instead of just running out to university to get yourself in a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar debt, yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe think about what you're inherently gifted at, what you're passionate about, what you love, what you're talented at, and then maybe go work for somebody for free. I know people's brains want to explode when I say work for free, <laughs> but work for free or go get a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars debt. Okay. Yeah. When you go and apprentice or, I mean, let's face it, you can go work anywhere and make some money yeah. while you're learning something and experiencing something that you are passionate about. And yeah. that doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you, if you can't pick something right away, then by all means go into business entrepreneurial right. so that no matter what yeah. you're Put, what give you yourself develop. an exploration period. Cause Absolutely. I'll tell you what, when I went to college, I'm going to forget which year was which, but like my first job out of college, I was a web designer at universal records and I graduated with it. I graduated in 2006. And so, um, that web design was not a full degree, but I, I graduated with a degree in communications a, um, a specialty in computer graphics and a certificate in web design. And the reason it was broken down like that is because web design had two classes, computer graphics had four classes and communications was like a real degree. Now I'm sure they have web design as its own degree. But the, the reason I say that is I graduated and I got a job doing that. But my junior year, uh, that summer, a uh, junior year, I took photography and I was a photo I got a job as a photographer at the local newspaper. So if I happen to be a senior the year I took photography, would I have ended up as a photographer? The year before that, when I had to take my like journalism and writing classes in school, that summer I got a job doing writing articles at a place, right? So like it just that year, those were the classes, that was the interest, and then that was the job I got. It just and then the year I graduated, I was that was web design, and then I got a job in web design, and then turned it into communications, and grew, you know, and, and then eventually became an entrepreneur and put all that put all of it together. But literally every year, it was like, oh, this is cool, I'm going to try this, and then you know, and then I did, okay, now this is something else I'm doing and trying this, and it's just you know, you got to dabble and figure out where you're passionate. Oh, I think that is really excellent what you did. I really have never heard anybody say that before. But if you're taking a certain, you know, similarity, similar type of classes like that, go get a part-time job doing like somewhere in that kind of field, doing yeah. something, even if it's just helping out. That's really awesome. Too many times we're like uh, going to college and delivering pizza. You right, know? right. I mean, that is so true. But like, uh, yeah, you're working at a deli or something you know, right. crazy. But that that probably uh, really enhanced what you were learning and you were better at your job, better at your classes. Wow. Cause you were kind of living and breathing it right the whole way through. That's pretty excellent. So is there a certain, is there something specific that drew you towards branding and marketing and that type of thing to begin with? Or um, is that a process that you just discovered while you were going through those classes in, in school? It kind of just was like an evolution. And and if, if we go back even further, I was actually on a TV show when I was in high school 
And so if you asked me in high school, what I wanted to be, it was, I wanted to be a TV host, which I mean now full circle, like I kind, I kind of you am kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally new world today than it was, you know, 20 years ago when I would have said that, but, um, but it, it was always in, um, it was just always an interest in communications and, and messaging and, and not messaging the way I think of it now, but in, in spreading a message and getting messages out. And, uh, that, that's always something I kind of took to and, um, and it just kind of formulated itself over the years. And then I got a job in corporate. So I did web design at universal records. And then I got, um, recruited into corporate communications for the largest chemical company in the world. So, you know, the great cubicle job, I'm like a cog in the 200,000 person machine. And, um, so I was doing stuff every day and like, it seemed fine. Like my coworkers, like, you know, I had good performance reviews, blah, blah, blah but I'm doing stuff. And then it goes out in the ether and it's like, does any of this make a difference? Like I'm sure it does at some point, but like who, who knows what's happening from these things. And so I left there to start my agency because I wanted to work. Like I want to put my foot down on the pedal and the car goes, you know what I mean? Like I want to have direct impact. And so I wanted to start an agency where I was helping entrepreneurs and small business owners because I wanted to do work and get results. Like that's where I, you know, I think that's where my, that's where my fulfillment comes from anyway. Like I want to see things happening, good or bad, at least do it, see what happens, make a change, do it again, make a change, get better, like all that kind of stuff. But like, I just didn't like being in a fluffy situation where like, I'm doing a good job, quote unquote, but like, I, I don't know what that is even making a difference in the world. So um, I had to get myself into a situation where, you know, I could, I could make a difference. That's really good. Uh, you know, when you, when you, when, as I'm hearing you say that, that you just kept going, you wanted to try something new, try something new. Uh, I think so many times we um, are afraid to take the chance and yeah. afraid to try something new and afraid to keep going. But I am like you, uh, absolutely. I want to put my head down on the pillow every day and know that I slayed the day and um, did everything that I could. So many yeah. times, you know, we're, we're, we get stuck spinning our wheels and just ruminating about what we're going to do. And, yeah. you know, we, then we don't do anything. Right. Um, so I think that just, even if you don't know what you're doing, I think the key is to just start doing. Yeah. Just start motion doing creates emotion. You'll figure it out. You're not going to figure it out sitting still, not doing exactly. anything. You're just going to be like, what if, what if, what right. if, and right. you won't know what if, well, who cares? Yeah. What if, what if you fail? What right. if you don't do it right? What if then yeah. you figure out that that wasn't for you and you'll move on to something else for sure. Exactly. So that's exactly right. And, um, it, and you know, it's, it, it happens with, you know, grown adults, middle-aged people making decisions for business where they do the same thing. Like the biggest issue I see this goes for what you're describing here, but where I see it in businesses is where a business will, they'll come out and say, we have this, we have a new product idea that we want to launch and we want to get it out. And they will come up with the product product description may, you know, they'll develop, you know, mock-ups of it or something. They'll put it on a webpage on their website. And then they wait a week and they go, well, we got no takers, scrap it. Let's come up with a new idea. But what happened was no one ever saw the idea. So they did all this work and they put it on a webpage that got, you know, three visitors and it was all employees. And, but so you can't validate, like if you're sitting on the couch saying like, oh, you know, I would be a great baseball announcer if I, if I were, you know, in the booth at the game, but, mm. and then, and you think about that for a month and you never do it. And you're like, well, I guess I can't do that. Cause it's been a month and, and it didn't happen. It's like, no, no, no. 
you never tried, you never got in the booth and did it. You never took the steps, whatever, you know, whatever the steps would be to get in that direction. Same thing. Like these, you know, companies will come up with a product the internally talk about it so much that it feels like they did something in the outside world and they never did. And so then they, they market a failure and try to move on when they never even gave something a chance. So for anybody who has an idea, the idea is not enough. You have to get it out into the world, into the marketplace. Or if you want to try a career, go out and start doing it, taking action on it. And like in today's world, there's so many opportunities to connect with people who can help to choose yourself and do it on your own. Right. Like, you know, so if you have an idea, take action on it and just get it out to the world as soon as possible. Don't, you know, don't get caught in the what ifs or the analysis by paralysis, you know, perfectionism is a killer, man. Like, you know, people think that things need to be perfect and then it never, and then it never comes to realization. That's so true. And first of all, I always say all the time, perfection is for scared people. Okay. Yeah. If you're so busy, you're the reason that you're trying to be perfect is because you don't want to get it wrong. The way to be, yeah. there's no such thing as perfect. Number one, you right. know, practice is progress. It's not perfection. Yep. And number two, um, getting it wrong is how you get it right. So exactly. that's just, that's just what I think. But um, what you just said, I just want to um, uh, uh, zone in on that for a second is number one, when we're, um, when we're talking about setting goals and, uh, you know, creating an idea or bringing an idea, a dream, a concept to life. The key is writing it down, understanding what it is, writing down all the different actions that need to be taken, write down all the obstacles that are going to come up because you, you have an idea of some of them, right? Write down all the obstacles because to creating anything, you know, everything's an idea. It's in your head until you put it down on paper. And that's when it actually becomes something that you can believe that it can happen. Once you put that down on paper, write down everything that you think right now, that doesn't mean you have to know all the hows. forget about even trying to don't even ask yourself how, Just write down the steps that need to be taken. You don't need to know all the steps. Just write down the steps and then write down all the obstacles that could come up and then write down strategies to deal with those obstacles. When you can do that ahead of time, you're way ahead of the game. And talk about these, talk about these goals as if you've already created them. And when you ask it, like one of the things I noticed is like one of the biggest dream stealers, one of the biggest obstacles that you can put in front of yourself is telling yourself, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when every time a client says to me, um, you know, I ask them a question, they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, if you did know what, what's, what would be the answer? And all of a sudden they have the answer, right? Absolutely. Because telling yourself you don't know is telling your primitive brain exactly what it wants to hear. Let's not do anything. We're comfortable. We're safe. Just exactly. let's stay right here. Listen, exactly. you're, if we're not creating the right things out in the world, it's because we're not asking ourselves the right questions. If we're asking ourselves a question and saying, I don't know, we just shut down any opportunity to find an answer. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And and it's as simple as it is, it's, it's almost a lack of follow through, right? Like trying something, you hit the first speed bump and then you're like, well, I don't know to throw my hands up. I guess it's not going to work. No, no, no. It's like, yeah, I have, I have a two-year-old daughter. She's running around like crazy now, but over (laughs) the last couple of months, she was learning how to walk. And it's like, you know, you know, most adults are not just sitting around on their ass all day because they didn't figure out how to stand up and balance. It's like you felt, you know, you stood up, you took a couple steps, you fell and oh, let me get back up. Like it doesn't occur to them not to do it. It's like you just have to keep 
trying and doing and eventually, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out and make it happen. Yeah. Well, that's because, you know, at two years old, we have, we don't have self-doubt. Right. right. We don't look up at the humans that are walking around and going like, oh, my God, you're so good at that walking thing. <laughs> I'm probably not good enough. I'm never going to get that. You know, we don't tell ourselves that. Right. right? We don't. And as a as a as a parent or as an adult or anybody, even a five year old doesn't look at a two year old and go, I don't know, buddy, not looking good for you. <laughs> you know, I don't think you're going to make it. You know, we never doubt. Nobody ever doubts that toddler is going to learn how to walk. Yeah, that we learn doubt, you know, self questioning yeah. and self doubt yeah. is something that is learned. Yeah. And it is and accepting the doubt is the biggest problem, right? Because it's one thing like, yeah, we're all going to have those doubts, we're all going to have that little bit of fear. But it's recognizing and I think, you know, the, the idea of writing down all the obstacles, I really love because if, if, if you don't think if you don't just like spend 10 minutes thinking about the future of like, and like, if you have an idea you want to bring it to life and you don't just think about how this is going to play out um, even in an imaginary world where you don't know exactly what the steps are. Mm. But if you, um, if you think of it and you're like, Oh, everything's going to go perfectly. And then it doesn't go perfectly. You get knocked out. And if you weren't expecting that, you're like, Oh my God, I, I don't know what to do. And then like you said, like then, then people are like, well, I guess that's not it. But what's crazy about the human brain is that, even if something bad happens, if we expect it to happen, or at least like if we're aware this is a possibility and you know it could come, then you're not, you know, you're not blindsided by it. So it doesn't knock you down all the way to the ground. You're like, oh, that, oh, I knew that was coming. Like no boxers getting in the ring gets hit once and they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was getting punched here, yeah. you know? And so, so, so <laughs> when you, I love that idea of writing down the obstacles. Um, because then you you at least know when an obstacle comes, that's not the end of the road. You just got to sidestep and navigate around it. Well, I think that the like it's important to have the obstacles, but then write down these strategies. Right. Write down the solutions. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of the same thing as when we're in sales, right? We yep. we we have rebuttals. You know, right, where we, exactly. we have the objections. So it's the same thing. Having uh, uh it's creating objection handlers for our obstacles, basically, yeah. right? It's the same exact concept. So when yeah. you think it's it's even applying it to every single part of our our lives you know um it's the self-doubt that we have if we're a young man and we want to go ask the girl out like tell yourself what you're going to do when she says no right <laughs> tell yeah. yourself what you're going to do don't just be like oh shit i gotta go back to the corner and stand in the <laughs> shadow over here in the dark i'm never asking out another girl yeah. again but you know that that is just a very simple example yeah you know i i think that probably there's a lot of women out there in the world they're like thank god we don't have to be the ones asking right. people out you know <laughs> me I, i'm pretty much the opposite i'll be like i wish i was the one asking yeah. you out because i'll tell you i be saw this funny i saw this funny video i think it was on espn yesterday uh, of uh a girl a high school girl asked out asked her boyfriend to the prom on the jumbotron i love it and the video is of the boyfriend and, you know, he's sitting in the seat and it's like, everyone, please look up to the Jumbotron. We have an announcement, you know, uh, you know, Susie wants to know, you know, Jim, will you go to the prom? And he literally, he just went, oh my God. Like oh he was like, gosh. so embarrassed. He's like, yes, I'll go. He's like, I can't, <laughs> he's like, I can't believe you just did this to me. 
Right. And see, there it is. There it is right there. I can't believe you just did this. You know why? Because it's so different for men and women, right? Men feel like they have to be the earners. They have to be the successful people. They have to be the ones to, to ask the girl out. They have to be the ones to propose. Why? Why can't a woman propose? Why can't yeah. a woman um, be the, the moneymaker or the earner? We feel like we have to make a decision on either being um, a successful mother and wife and, and caretaker, or mm-hmm. we go be successful in business. Right. And, and men have the opposite. They feel like they don't have a choice. They have to be uh, money earners and things yeah. like that. And, you know, if a guy says, no, actually, I I'm fine with marrying a woman that makes a ton of money. And I, yeah. I don't mind taking staying home, taking care of the kids in the house. We'd be like, what kind of man are you? <laughs> you know, but why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? It's because we have these stereotypes and, and we have these rules, you know, I, I love vision Lakiani from mind Valley. And yeah. he talks about these bullshit rules and yeah. it is, it's what life, society, culture, religion, uh, you know, people put on us Mm -hmm. and we feel like we have to follow it. It, It's one of the things that kept me back in so many areas of my life where I felt like, Oh, if I do this, it's going to upset this group of people. If I do this, it's going to upset this group of people. Yeah. It's all stories and interpretations, right? Like we live by these stories we tell ourselves. And when we wreck it, when we start to recognize that all these things are just stories and you start to peel back the onion of like, okay, well, why, why do I feel this way? Well, why do I expect that? Then what, why am I expecting this? Cause it's just, Oh, this is just a bullshit story that was made up for no reason. And society just grabbed it. It actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know? And then when it becomes liberating, when you recognize those things that we can make up any story we want to live by, you know? And then, you know, the other thing too is, you know, when we, just keep living the same days over and over where, like you said, like these are the circumstances that we're in. When we live from these circumstances and we accept these things, they become glass ceilings, right? And we are limiting ourselves for bullshit reasons that don't matter because we're working from these pretend circumstances that we've accepted as society rules. When, if we just work from commitment, like I'm committed to creating this outcome or achieving this, this six, this is as I'm defining success for myself. Like when you're committed to it, like, you know, I, I have a story, I'm still fighting through it, but, and I do believe there is a part of it that does make me work faster, but is like inbox zero, right? Like you got to have, you know, have to have your inbox clean. And so, all right, well, if that means that you're spending an hour every day, just marking off emails to archive, but you're, but then you're not growing your business because you're not spending an hour that you could on sales. Well, this story of needing all of your emails to be read is, is a fake story that you made up that's holding you back from work. So that's a circumstance. You're working from this circumstance and fake story that my inbox needs to be completely read and archived as opposed to the commitment to growing your business where I would rather the, where you would end up spending that hour reaching and connecting with new prospects and, and, you know, attracting new clients versus spending an hour in your inbox checking off boxes. That's such a good point. I, I know. Okay. So when you, when we're talking about being, um, you know, self-employed and, uh, or in any business, actually, you don't have to be self-employed. I work with yeah. a lot of, uh, young professionals who, you know, work for companies and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you are somebody who's out there so much more focused on marketing and sending out the newsletter and doing all of these procrastinator working is what I call <laughs> it, you know, it's a lot of busy work that isn't yep. producing anything. Yeah, yeah. And um, we can really, I, I mean, we can really uh, 
trick ourselves every single oh, day yeah. to think that we worked so hard today when all we did was go through a bunch of shitty emails, delete <laughs> a bunch of stuff, write some emails, uh, go, you know, tweak a couple things on our website, right. go create some co free content to give away that we think we need to do. All of that isn't doing anything. If you're not out there connecting with your clients, if yep. you're not making a phone call, if you're not sending out a personal note, if you're not, I, I call these things, I do pop buys. Um, mm -hmm. I stop by and I see people and I meet with them. I bring them a little gift. Like right before we got shut down, I had made my own hand sanitizers and said, oh, keeping, nice. keeping you in good hands and yeah, just yeah. giving it out. Or like I lost my, my son 12 years ago, a very difficult uh, time for me is Mother's Day. So yeah. what I decided to do is I wanted to just change that for myself. And I started hand delivering a flower to every mother in my entire database. And <laughs> that was a way for me to say happy Mother's Day and acknowledge you as a mama. And it was a way for me to get all the happy Mother's Days that I was missing. So, yeah. you know, it was just it, when you connect with people personally, and when you're picking up that phone, it is so much better. Don't yeah. worry about the email and the newsletter and all the procrastinate working that you could do yeah. out there. I mean, the social media posts are great, mm -hmm. but please be in front of people, be yeah. in front of your audience. Yep. Let yeah, them connect I, with you personally. Yeah. If you're not, you have to be growing your audience and engaging with your audience and, and moving people along and building relationships with people. And if the stuff you're doing isn't doing one of those things, then you're not growing your business. Absolutely. 100%. Well, I love all the work that you're doing out there in the world. You've made a thank big you. difference in my life and oh, I am, you. I'm honored to know you and have this conversation with you and share all your wealth of knowledge to my audience. So thank, thank you for you. that. Um, where can somebody find you to, to get help from you in branding and niching and all of the things. Yeah. So I had a bunch of free resources. If you go to the, the growth slash free, uh, I think there's like five things there now um, that can help you with defining your audience, creating your strategies, all that kind of stuff. Um, and tune in every Wednesday. We have the on air brand show talking stuff like this every week. Um, and so you could subscribe there on airbrands.com slash show. I thank you so much. And I, I, I love everything that you're doing out there and I'm totally going to stalk you because I want to be your sidekick <laughs> at least once on that show. You will. We'll get you on. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you so much, Todd. I've been really enjoying this conversation and we'll have to do it again. Definitely. Count me in. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Unpacking Brain Drama podcast. You'll find links for all things mentioned in the show notes below. It would be incredibly awesome if you could take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session.